write about Trying to figure out what it's all about Existentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know that was a great sounds Watts with outside on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. I'm Preston with my partner in crime, Long Island Raised, Elm City Made, E-Z, Blues. is in the building, Easy Blues. You're better with introductions more than me. Who do we have this today on Behind the Brand? Ladies and gentlemen, when we explore... The law that is the music of the city of Elm. We understand the people that have come through from time over time, layer upon layer, thrown through the way amazing turns of lotteries of rock, all the way through passing the huffle on the right hand side. We fully understand the legacies that come through. Now, if we jump in the DeLorean, throw it to 88 miles an hour, and we jump back to the Nine of Cafe. There, there was a night of words and music. There, there was a sighting of a phenomenal ukulele. And attached to that ukulele was a wordsmith. Someone that took you on a full journey and had a lot of fun doing it. It was at that moment I was truly introduced to the Hamal of Ashley. So I want you to put your hands together. Not if you're driving, please keep your hands at 10 and 2. We don't need any, any accidents. But mentally put your hands together to the amazing, the fantastic, the phenomenal Ashley Hamel. Welcome, Benvenu. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, yes, yes. So this is this is one of the things that I love the most about New Haven is the amount of incredible talent that just blossoms up through that have played Crown Street that understand why Tuesday night is one of the best nights in the history of going out period. Um, you know, and, you know, you took such an incredibly and interesting path. I, you know, I, I've actually been following your career because I got to New Haven and I wanted to understand how things worked. What I absolutely loved, you took music into a different direction. You understood about fandom and what some people would say toxic fandom. And you looked at it as, man, I can go and play conventions, whether it be a Comic-Con or a PotterCon, you know, kind of just with a gimmick record. Um, and that opened up a huge avenue for where you wanted to go on this show. We love to talk about not necessarily the straight path to get there, but the, how there are so many different paths. You started out as a person from Connecticut. You put on some incredible music, put out some phenomenal stuff going through. And now you're in Indonesia. You're actually with us 11 hours apart. You already know what the future is like. So how is tomorrow? What's Tuesday like right now? And sans all of that, we just really want to know, what made you first go for a gimmick aspect and take that route? And then please tell us how you got in Indonesia and why you're there now. The life journey. And yes. I appreciate the gimmicks with the air quotes, right? Because mm -hmm. and I've seen other people do these things, right? And like, it's a smart business move on one hand. And on the other hand, 
you know, behind like the quote gimmick, there was so much heart in our Harry Potter music. There was so mm -hmm. much community and like bonding and a lot of people like came into their own in this space and continue to do so. So behind all of the like gimmicky aspects of the Harry Potter music, people, they would hear that, you know, and it would kind of snag their interest. But then underneath it, these are songs that I wrote from my own heart. And my like brand on the wizard rock on the Harry Potter music was a lot more heart, not more heart centered, but mine was, was heart centered. And I would not really use a lot of like, like some of a lot of my songs, you, I could pass as muggle songs and you yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't know the difference. We have like a few references here and there in the words about like the Harry Potter universe and the rest of it is just stories. Um, so that was my take on it. Other people, um, you know, did a little bit more like straight ahead, like, you know, references every sentence. And like the thing I love about the wizard rock community is like, yeah, we're writing about Harry Potter. So it takes away a lot of that seriousness that we have when we go into music, you know, like you see people like, this is my original music and we hold it, our art, of course, like to such esteem, but it sometimes takes away the play, mm -hmm. the fun. You know? And so like, when you come to my show, like I'm going to surprise you with some deep stuff some complicated musings, but like on the other hand, then I'm going to sing about like reading in the library, <laughs> you know, and like you're going to get like all of it. And that was the idea, the thing I loved. You could make people laugh. And if you can make people laugh in your show, then you can make them cry. You know, you bring them all the way through all the emotions. People don't use humor as much in their shows <laughs> as they should, right? Well, no, it's, it's, it's super thing and it's actually one of the reasons like from the show that's my point of view period is you know that's why I, I get as into the intros as I do so I can make the guest feel comfortable and feel really loved and seen and you're all kind of gassed up and to come in and this doesn't feel like a broading a, a brooding type of interview where we have to pull questions out of you we're getting to know you as a human being and that is just to us it's so much cooler but yeah, of course, humor is always there as, as a deflection. You know, um, I talk about like what we do with, with Shame Penguin is we are the spoon of sugar and the methadone as well. Um, you know, and that's the way you kind of have to look at it. You know. And yeah. what I loved about yeah. the Wizard Rock uh, record in particular was it wasn't like you were just singing a bunch of songs about the movies. You had created a character. And, you know, the character was a rock musician you know, that went to the dang school and like lived the life, but it was that single point person point of view. Kind like, you know, I put the gimmick in in uh because I also know you have a passion for the lore of Harry uh, of Harry Potter and you understood those different things. So I don't think it was you acting outside of yourself. <laughs> um that's why I want to make sure those were in quotes because uh yeah. it's it's soup it, you were being very true to yourself in pursuing that art. And that, that is one of, one of the, the top key things that really makes it does it stand out. You know, there's a million and a half, you know, silly songs out in the world. Um, but it's those songs that can, can uh, resound and hit that chord. It's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. So from the Harry Potter universe, you're now in Indonesia. 
How did you go yeah. from Hogwarts to a cafe sipping coffee in Indonesia? And might I tell you, the coffee here is excellent. Cheers to you guys. To this toast plate. Cheers. <laughs> I'm going to get some toast. And some nasi goreng. Um, okay. I have no idea what that is, but okay. It's like yeah. fried rice. It's like the national dish in a way. Nasi okay. goreng. Oh, goreng okay. Rice, fried rice. Indonesian fried rice. Whoosh. So good. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of the two stories, uh, like from Harry Potter into this world or you know kind of related in terms of the journey because you know we're talking about communities we're talking about ecosystems and support systems and I, like as you guys might know like the Harry Potter fandom kind of uh blew up on itself because JK Rowling just turned out to be this horrible turf like actively you know persecuting and trying to uh, eliminate the voices of our trans brothers and sisters and non-binaries. Like, it's so unnecessary. And it came as a shock to a lot of us. Some of us had been tracking it for a while and kind of knew it was coming along the way. Um, but it was amazing because most of the community is queer. Mm -hmm. Like, this is where we found community and support was in this Harry Potter, you know, the outcast, finding fam found family, you know, and like finding their way uh, as like the outsider into this world. Like that's what drew people into Harry Potter and the people that were drawn to it were the queers, like we're the legibitiquois. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that once and I'm like, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm taking it. The legibitiquois, yes. we're here, right? We're queer. Um, so for, for like this community specifically to be headed by somebody who's actively trying to, um, hurt this community was just like such a backstabbing betrayal. So a lot of us really like are so brokenhearted and kind of fell out of the scene and myself as well. And I had been having issues with this community because it's very small and it's very niche and, you know, I was playing festival, Harry Potter festivals, libraries. I was playing some conventions, general nerd stuff, and then other Harry Potter nerd stuff, as well as like just regular shows at Cafe Nine and whatever I could book. Um, and the nice thing about it, I got to travel a lot with my music. So I've got a lot of people, you know, from all around the country and a little bit from around the world through Harry Potter music. So I was already doing kind of stuff outside of Connecticut. And because of kind of the infighting and like the gatekeeping that I was experiencing in the community, I was like, all right, you know what I mean? It's time to go. It broke my heart. I thought I could do a lot more. And so I've, I put out the record kind of as my last uh, stamp on the thing. Um, and thank God that I was able to pull my resources to do that because these songs deserved to get, you know, shown. And it was kind of my like final long letter mm -hmm. to the community. Mm -hmm. The last song on the record is called It's not even about Harry Potter. It's just like, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for an answer. And it's kind of about like, you said that you would love me. You say that you would care for me, but all all of that was, yeah. One of the lines is, uh, I've learned that sometimes people say, oh, I, I swore. 
Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. No, we can't. We can't. That's why we're making faces at each other. Let's keep it moving. It's okay. We're happy we're here. <laughs> so, um, one of the lines is uh, I've learned that some people say things that are partly bull mm, to feel inspired. Mm -hmm. I've spent a whole dang lifetime in wishing you would put your money where your mouth is. Now I'm tired. Mm -hmm. So, ooh, we got some people coming through. So that was kind of the thing. So uh, it was in the Trump years too. I was like just seeing my future in folk music. My my music is folk. Mm -hmm. seeing me playing shows in Connecticut, New England for really homogenous spaces. I got exhausted just thinking about mm -hmm. that future. Mm -hmm. So you know, I have family here in Asia, and I had been making. Um, the last time I had came here was like 2015. I just released. And I played a show here, and the show was amazing. It was like in this cafe mm -hmm. run by like these national independent, like folk artists. Like, wow, I'm already connected to like national artists. They're so incredible musicians. They've got a great community. The ecosystem is pretty healthy in terms of like the independent scene and the major scene. There's a lot of interaction, mm -hmm. it's a lot of listeners. It's the fourth most populous nation in the world, 260 million people or something. They're all online. They're all connected to you. Every time I play a show, people follow me and follow the journey. You know, I could play a show. And I did when I went home this August. I played a bunch of shows and, you know, I played for 200 people at this, like, um, this show in in. Massachusetts and nobody, you know what I mean? Nobody followed up. Nobody connected. <laughs> like two or three. In in Indonesia, I have the ability to keep contact with them and you know keep giving them content or stories or whatever. So I just the the universe was was pushing me to to be here. Every time I would come for a few weeks, just kind of check it out, spend some time with my family. My my body just felt so at ease. It felt so comfortable to be like around other Asian people. Like I could see everybody. I could see the stage at concerts because everybody's my height. You know. see everything. <laughs> we all short out here. <laughs> You know, so you know, I'm grateful to be able to to do this and to be here. But uh, ever since I, I did take the plunge and move, it's been really, really beautiful. It's been really the opportunities are, are coming. Alhamdulillah, thank praise be. And so, yeah, that's where I am right now in Indonesia. I know. And what's so super interesting is you know getting to know you, listening to your stuff, and actually sitting and having conversations. Um, with you, um, I always had this one quote uh, in my head, and it was uh, Maya Angelou. And I only now truly understand why I have that quote even further in this conversation. The quote unquote is when when a person tells you who they are, believe them. You know, um, but it's also can be, I guess, broken down when it comes to you is when the universe tells you who you are, believe the universe, and you did that, and it has brought you to Indonesia where you're truly understanding what it's like to be a folk artist 
in more of a less mechanical, you know, um, universe, you know, where it, it almost comes back to, I hate to call it, you know, um, you know, folk in its, its tradition, not its Americana tradition, understanding that folk music is any type of music that really originated in areas. True? You know, I don't want to say yes, but like, let's be honest, right? Yeah, a bit. bit you know? mm -hmm. It's okay. I, I can be controversial. You can say, you have a point, but you know, I don't necessarily want to be there. You don't have to be committal to this. I can 100% because anyone who has any hate mail and, and doesn't like what I have to say, it's not a problem. You send all your emails to Preston because I don't do it. No, we've got to be honest. Like I, I hang out with a lot of the blues players here in Jakarta. They have to know the history of the blues. You know, I have to know the history of folk, of folk music. I went to Ireland. I loved Ireland was amazing for me uh, because that's an original, that's an origin of, of that kind of folk music, of acoustic music. We're talking Celtic culture, came over to New England through the Appalachian, through Canada, you know, and I'm from New England. I got roots in New England for how many years? My white side is French Canadian. So, okay, we're there rooted in, in this area for, I don't know how long, not that long, let's be true, a few generations. And so... You know, that's the music. Like, yeah, it came from those areas in this style of folk music. Well, I, I think uh, uh, in any in any way you sit sit down through it, I love your particular style because it is so so blessed and, and so um textural. What is it like though? You know, I'm I'm used to playing like with a band or just solo acoustically with my big guitar because it makes sense. You started actually, you know, doing it in ukulele before you see it at every coffee house right now. People rocking and rolling with the ukulele. What was it like to be on the forefront of that? Like, how did it feel to be the it girl for the ukulele, at least in my head? That's funny. And it like totally works. It's like little Asian girl with a little ukulele. <laughs> I mean, I play guitar. Guitar is my first instrument. Ukulele um, is, is just another fun thing to play. It's portable. You can take it anywhere, especially when I travel. You know, I got the ukulele. We're ready to go, ready to jump in on a session. When I went to Ireland, you know, jumping in on treads. And like, at least I'm not bringing another guitar. It's a, it's a, it's a ukulele. So at least I'm offering, you know, something slightly different to the sound. So that's always fun. Um, but, uh, you asked me about the ukulele and then forget what else you asked. Probably a long wandering question. It really doesn't matter as much as we are now in the ukulele aspect of it. And we'll just go forward from there. Cause I honestly don't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just being real, just being real. Um, as you, you know, um, as you are writing, as you are moving forward, you know, you are working on this, this new record. Um, and you actively go out there as an artist and to understand different aspects of the music itself. What kind of stuff sh should we expect, and what is going to surprise some of your audience off this new stuff that you're working on? Oh, that's a cool question. Thank you. you. I'm, you know, I want to know inquiring minds. 
So what's been incredible is I'm now in the studio finally. Uh, this is my third year in Indonesia. The first two were kind of like establishing, getting some funds, you know, I was working mm. a bunch as well, uh, adapting to this culture and everything. And now I've, I've been in the studio this year. So I just released a single called New England Baby. And that's okay. what you would expect from me, I would say. But the, I'm working with Indonesian musicians now for this stuff. And guys, they're incredible. <laughs> they're in and, and I'm in Jakarta City. So this is where like everybody from the archipelago comes, you know. So all the talent is here in this huge, crazy city. Um, so I have the advantage of location here. Uh, and so I'm working with a producer, an indie rock producer, Leonardo Ringo. And um, his works so far have been mostly in like pretty, pretty hard indie rock and he even right before me produced um like a straight ahead punk band so here i am with my pop folk music and so he's been adding these touches that are yeah pretty unexpected for me and probably for mm -hmm. my audiences a lot bigger we've got a lot of instruments on this track um really uh the arrangements you know are a lot more they're just bigger Mm -hmm. um, and then the next single, I think, is going to be a song called Golden Door that I wrote Ooh, on piano. I hope we hear it on WNHH LP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Preston with my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City, Made EZ Blues is in the building and live from Indonesia. Ashley, I hope I didn't lose your train of thought. Go right ahead. Thank you, Preston. No problem. Um, so yeah, so I'm working on uh, the rest of my EP. There's going to be four songs uh, released before the end of the year. And the next song is like kind of is super dramatic. Like it's got one of those key changes at the end. I'm wailing. I'm screaming. I come from a musical theater background. Right. So that's kind of coming out in, in the composition of my songs. Mm -hmm. There's a, a kind of an epic one and then there'll be a little bit more soft folk you know plucky plucky songs and then i think maybe the big one will surprise people okay yeah nice, nice. now you know as as being a, a computer uh society as we are nowadays right I'm sitting here talking with you on on zoom right um are you documenting, like doing a social media documentation of what it's like writing this record, putting the record together? Are going to be like a, a good way? Um, kind of because you are, an, you know, an experience aspect um, and you're living something that not a lot of people have the opportunity to do. So I hope, I hope I'm like spilling the beans that you have this great documentary coming through on the process of this. If not, then uh, we're both going to look bad, but it'll mainly be my fault. So it's like, Excuse me. Okay. Um, all good. Indonesians <laughs> are super connected. Like the social media is strong here. You know, there's that thing. If it doesn't, if it's not online, then it didn't happen. Mm. Um, you know, almost to uh, an extreme degree, whereas, you know, you feel that like pressure to do more and more and more in social media. And also on the other hand, 
uh, I played this this gig with a, a bunch of other artists, and uh, I missed one girl's set. So afterwards, I asked her. I said, "Hey, how, like, how was how was your show? How did it feel?" Because I'm like, you know, it, for me, it was like one way. I'm interested. Mm. Like, how was it for you? You know? And she goes, "Well, um, there was a good response on social media." I was like, "Okay." Mm. To know how that audience felt like yeah was, you know and her answer was about the social media so like on the one hand yeah. people got a focus to be in my opinion in the wrong direction right. but on the other hand it's really nice to be able to you know tell stories on online to you guys to other people that aren't here like it's opened mm-hmm. up my eyes to the advantages and you do have the pressure so to answer your question, there's been a bit of documentation. You know, mm-hmm. I take little videos. If you go to my Instagram, uh, Ashley.Aisha, Aisha spelled A-I-S-Y-A-H. You can find me there. And on one of my, like, highlights, you know, mm-hmm. you can, like, watch some of the stories from the beginning of the behind-the-scenes process. So as opposed to having a proper story yeah yeah something i could look into another project (laughs) well here's the thing all you really have to do is just continue to just go in the moment and take 20 to 30 minutes of video of each day of being in you know in a different from a different angle you know and then even you can take like all the stories that you have on instagram see if you can download them all again put them together Put them out on TikTok, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, you know, type of clip and continue to do that. And then you reshare that onto your Instagram and then onto the Facebook and it continuously feeds itself. Um, But not only that, you also get to share this very unique experience. I tell people all the time, you know, if we know it is attainable not to sit there and try to be the next Taylor Swift, but there's the story of Ashley Hamill that went to another country and, you know, got to actually wheel and deal. And this is how she actually did it, you know, from her perspective, that's going to inspire the next group and then the next group and so forth and so on. It says as humans, we die two deaths. We die our physical death. And then when the last person who ever knew anything about us um, passes, you die again. Mm-hmm. By doing something like this, we can add maybe another 15, 20, 30. Who knows? We're still talking about Chuck Berry. Almost 100, you know, in what, 80 something years occur. So it could go on for even longer. I think it'd be a smart idea. And it'd be a really great way to help market with more freedom these releases of the singles um, and then hopefully the Bandcamp release of all the singles in one like packaging. Not saying, you know, from a marketing point of view, you should do that. But from a marketing point of view, Snaps you should to do you, that. sir. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. We, we can talk more. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. <laughs> Yeah, I love to talk shop, you know, like Yeah, all right. Always are watching all these things on Instagram of like, here's the next thing you should do. But it's like so much better to have an actual conversation about these things, you Mm -hmm. know. 
I feel like we rarely get to do yeah. that. Yeah, and, and and the whole other thing is like one of the reasons why I do this on the show all the time with people um, is because I expect nothing from this. Like I expect that if you have a good idea for someone somewhere down the ro- road, you just give it to them and you say good luck and have fun with it. And then you know if I see this break into an art form down the road, I get to smile because I know that this moment. You know what I mean? So like that's just kind of dope enough for me. Um, but that's very difficult in our business. It's very difficult in our industry, you know, especially, you know, everyone gets so lawyer bound and legal bound and like, oh, it's been set on the air, so it's copywritten. And we had, no, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care about that. Make good art, go out there and, and make good art and have as much fun as possible. Because as I tell people all the time when they get nervous before playing a live show, it's called playing music for a reason. Go out and have fun. And the more fun you have, the more fun the audience will have. And I love that fun taking you on this incredible journey. Is this, I don't know, is this like the stopping point or is this merely a uh, a layover on the journey that is Ashley? Wow. I love it. People ask me that a lot. They ask me that here. They ask me that back home in Connecticut, mm-hmm. like, how long are you going to be out there for? How long are you going to stay? What's your plan? Um, it's been, this is my third year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to be three years officially in de- late December. Mm-hmm. And then it will be my fourth year, you know? Um, so my work here is not done. I'm just, the goal right now is to establish. I feel like there's still a lot more weights to go. Every time you think that, oh, this, this next thing is going to be the thing that helps me, you know, with a few more steps, like I'm going to take a jump <laughs> and jump a few steps. It's not. And you actually have to still walk. Um, that's what I've been learning. And it's a good hard lesson because we always expect things to go faster. We still kind of secretly hold out for some kind of savior to come in and help us with this next thing and my lesson again and again and again is nope girl you got to take it the slow way and that's the only way to move forward <laughs> okay fine <laughs> um you know so we still have a long ways to go and I accept that um I th- I, I'm just getting a few playlists on the Spotify you know I'm trying to play that game for the mm-hmm. first time like the spot playlisting mm-hmm. I mean I see a lot of my other uh contemporaries here in the Indonesian indie scene and a lot of the young kids, they've got tens of thousands of plays. Mm-hmm. Right now I have 200. My, my biggest plays is like 1500. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I haven't even broken 2000 streams on any of my songs. So we're starting there. Um, it's funny because I'm such a, a live performer and I've really, that's where I get my joy is from performing on any kind of stage so to, you know, to start to grow my skills as a recording artist, it's been challenging. It's not my forte. I don't particularly enjoy the studio. I get really stressed about it. And I feel, you know, like everybody hates me. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm easy. I don't know if I'm good to work with. You know, I'm, I'm in that mm-hmm. spot right now still have to go through with it and we still have to figure out how to manage myself in the studio so that everyone can get this work done 
so that, you know, I could be a leader sometimes and then a supporter in other times in the studio, having to figure out what, which situation is which mm-hmm. um, as the artist, but not necessarily the lead producer, right? When do I step in? When do I step back? Stuff like that. It's such a challenging but a fruitful journey, you know? So where am I going next, man? Right now we're still just trying to establish here in this Indian ecosystem. All doors are open to me as a foreigner, as it should be. Um, Some stages are not open to me. You know, I'm not from here. I can't speak the language very well. So, you know, there's a certain, I'm going to still be Mm -hmm. in a niche here in this. And that's all right. You know, we'll see how far I can go within that niche. Um, as an English language singer-songwriter, as a folk artist, um, you know, we'll see which stages open up to me. Uh, I'm going to be in a, a musical at the end of the year. I'm going to be in a show called Mamma Mia. Oh, it's with a new theater group. I've been here. And I've got the lead. I've got uh, the Meryl Streep role, Donna wow. Sheridan. Um the oldest one in the cast. Okay. Somebody's got to be the mom. Whatever. <laughs> I'm so excited to go back to acting and go back to theater. I've been doing improv for the past like 10, 15 years because I couldn't, I couldn't do live music shows. You know, they take up too much week weekends you know their runs in in connecticut could be like three four weekends of shows plus the rehearsing throughout the weekday i'm also playing gigs you know so i couldn't gig and also do shows here i can and so i'm hoping since i've got you know the lead role one of the leading roles that that opens up opportunities in other theater, perhaps film, like who knows, honestly. So I got to be ready for that. And also f- to connect that in with my original music, see if there's any crossover. I'm going to start to play some like musical theater mm-hmm. covers yeah. in my shows, you know. Good for you. Like, I already have already been doing that a little bit. Um, stuff like that. I just got to be ready for whatever happens. Um, still working on my mm-hmm. visa situations as well, which is you know, some of the legal stuff. So we'll see, like, this could be a launching moment, especially when my EP comes out at the end of the year, 2024, bring it on. We'll see what happens. The long-term goal, even before I moved here, I would like to be a bi-coastal artist. Just my two coasts are very far. This is Nusantara, the archipelago, and the East Coast. Post uh, of of America, but I don't know because when I went back home, the shows I played were super fun and super great. And I started to feel the fatigue already after only like six or seven shows back home. Um, but it is good to have this grounding here to to like fill up my sense of self, so that when I go back to America, <laughs> as they try to shake you out of your sense of self. You still have the grounding. That's the be- That's the most beautiful thing that Indonesia has given me as a as an Asian American is that grounding in myself. Because when I go to America and it's everybody's there, and you know maybe I'm in more homogenous spaces and they say some nonsense things to me, they ask me some nonsense questions, they try to shake me from where I am and who I am, and I've got this grounding to defend against 
those microaggression attacks. And so who knows? Maybe I will have, uh, you know, those two sides, two audiences of my career and uh, maybe not. And we'll see what happens. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be going to be super real uh -oh. and I'm say, you know, 30 minutes, every spot you go to once a day with the record, whether it be practice or the journey itself, you record it, you make content, it's online, they can become, you know, part of audition reels that you can then use for content as well. Say, I don't know, you get interviewed for a podcast that's through Zoom. Take some of that, put it up there, put it through your social media. There's a market for it. And it's you literally just you genuinely being you. And that's, I think, the main message I want to hammer home for everyone. You know, anyone out there who has any type of dream and you want to work for your dream and that main reason why is it's what it looks like to you. No matter, you know, no one else is going to tell you how this path goes. The journey is going to be absolutely bizarre. You're going to wind up, wind up in places you don't even realize you're there. You're going to meet a million and a half people that you wish you washed your hands better. But each one of these moments is just so super valuable because it's helping define you as an artist but also yeah. you as a human. And the closer you can, your art just becomes the way you live your life. Um, I think that is, that is a true freedom that I don't think a lot of people uh, have. So I think more people like yourself and like, I think I'm trying to do um, in realizing that I'm actually living the life that I wanted. Um, just not on the scale I thought. And that's okay. Um, I think it's important for people like you and I to document and, and document that stuff and put it out through social media. Because also, if we're being real, you can probably make some money doing it too. All right, just between me and you, you probably can make some money. Are you? Just I'm just saying. And then it's also free advertising for your EP and your music. Yeah, but that's just my secret. Okay, just it's all it's 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 energy, right? Like mm -hmm. let's embrace energy and like you said trying to integrate just like living an artistic life you said the freedom that's exactly what I'm going for like as an artist you don't want to be tied down to all these other obligations you want to have I have a nice mosaic of obligations you know I do some work for I do some wage work with my skills there and I'm still growing my skills there I'm still learning I'm having a good time I'm not doing wage work that's taking from my spirit, you know what I mean? Choosing a proper avenue to do your wage work and then the rest of your energy, putting it towards your own business, your own uh, legacy, like you said, you know, all of that's important. But it's constantly a process, right? As trying to integrate the art and the life and living your authentic self on all platforms and all spaces. It's constantly a process and you're constantly renegotiating, checking which resources you have at any time and making moves from where you are, right? Yeah, I, didn't, I had no idea I would end up in Indonesia. My family, we're all surprised. That's why my mom never, you know, she had no, we didn't know. But it turned out I'm a musician, 
you know, it turned out I'm an artist, uh, which was the break, breaking my mother's heart <laughs> that I turned out to be an artist. Um, and so here we are. And yeah, it, it led me here. I can say that with confidence because a lot of it wasn't, wasn't, you know, I made, I made efforts to put myself in places for it to come by. But, and that's why I was ready holding a basket, you know, to catch opportunities and to catch things. And then the rest fell. It fell. It didn't come from me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and it was kind of funny when I, when I ended up here, when I landed, you know, for real with all my luggages, ready to start my new life, said goodbye to everybody. I had to leave like within a month. They told me you need to be here in a month. I said, oh, you grabbed all my stuff. Um, and I landed here and I felt like, okay, now what? Because I did feel like the universe and, and God and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, laid a path and then just like dropped me off, just dropped me off at summer camp and said, all right, good luck. And I was like, hello. <laughs> I did have a little bit of that moment. Like, what now? Where are the signs now? I said, girl, you're on your own for a little bit. You got to make more moves and hold out more baskets, you know, mm-hmm. no place the baskets that was that first part surveying yep. this where do i put these baskets and then you know, alhamdulillah they, they've fallen since mm-hmm. but there was a moment of doubt and fear like what do i do now yeah i, well, I, I, I know uh, what you're going to do now you're going to be on wnhhlp 103.5 fm new haven that's what you're going to do now with myself pressing an ez blues um, I'm going to butcher this name and forgive me because the, I was multitasking back and forth, listening to the great conversation you two are having. But this, this has this great music video, but the only disappointment is I had it on mute. Um, and I'm not going to butcher the name. It's called Caluagra. It's on your main page on your on your website. And it's so beautiful how everything's just written. And just tell me a little story behind that because I was going back and forth. I was skimming. Sure. It's kind of pronounced how it's written. You want to try again? Uh, No, because I don't want to be disrespectful. (laughs) I really don't. Kaluarga. Kaluarga. There we go. There we go. That means family in Indonesian. God, I feel like, oh, that means family. Uh, Yeah, I had that moment too i'm not even gonna pretend i had that same moment i was like oh we had our ahana moment yay <laughs> check you, you check that off my disney plus list now damn it another 16.99 this month needs to happen at any point i'm like a disney princess trying to be like a rock <laughs> okay <laughs> again Perfect documentation for social medias. <laughs> this story's like I've now got merch planned for you. Like, let's get real. Gloves. Oh, I'm thinking gloves, like superhero-like gloves. You know, I'm just right. We market just just gloves. No shirts, just gloves. Like boxing gloves. <laughs> no, like gloves. Like like you know, gloves. I'm picturing like dainty gloves. Like I'm sipping yeah. gloves. Yes. Yes. That's cool. I do like merch that's useful. Yeah. That's why I've been like, Ugh, I got to be also a retailer in one of mm-hmm. my hats as an mm-hmm. artist. You know, I was like, I can't be a retailer, but okay, with every burden, there's an opportunity. 
I do like to make actual stuff. I made like mugs for my WCRD because it, it starts off at, like a morning video station. So That's okay, cool. sipping your coffee, mm-hmm. listening to the anyway. Uh yeah. So those are good ideas. Uh but about Kaluardia, which means family. Uh it's it was I wrote it and recorded it in Middletown with Michael Arafe at the Coffee House studio and uh record and filmed the music video in my apartment on Alden Ave in Westville, New Haven. And also at the Buttonwood Tree, too, in Middletown. Um, and my friend Carrie Viswanathan, he uh, who was also a mixed, you know, Asian uh, white person. I think his other half is Indian, South Indian. And so, yeah, it was nice for, to bring him along to be the director for the music video because I had already worked with him on a 48-hour film fest, like, a few years back. Mm-hmm. And because uh, that was, like, my only... I didn't know anybody. I don't still know anybody in like film. And so I had the one experience, tapped Carrie after a few years. Hey, you want to do this? And, and thankfully he was on board. And so the, the song is kind of about being, yeah, mixed. Um, it's kind of a song up for the diaspora. Like, uh, you know, having family in multiple parts of the world, feeling that sense of tornness. One of the lines is... Um, Will I ever put together the little parts of this little heart? Come on home. It's also about home. I read a lot of songs about home, trying to find a place to belong, as you mentioned. Um, and so the music video's got all these props from, it's just a lot of stuff from Indonesia. People are like, where'd you get all that stuff? I said, I just went around my house, my parents' house, and just grabbed you know, all the stuff that you just have over the years. Little Balinese masks, um, little like, you know, the uh, wayang kulit, the little puppet things, everything. I just grabbed it from my parents' house instead. So it's about that. about uh, And it's that song in my latest single, New England Baby, kind of identity songs talking about uh, my story. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the next few releases being a little bit less about my story. And hopefully people can still connect to the songs. But the next songs will be a little bit more broad uh, and a little bit more just about uh, maybe a bit more universal feelings. Uh, so, yeah, the last two have been very story aligned just as a way to, to set up my foundation. Hey, this is me. This is some aspects, some you know, things about me so that we can move forward and I don't have to talk about this anymore. I don't know. No, it's, it, it's such, it's such an interesting thing because like as a songwriter, I fully understand, you know, I went through this and I'm writing about it. So I never have to go, go through it again until I have to play it live and then relive every second of it exactly. until I can no longer take it anymore. And my mental health is outweighing my bank account. You know, if my bank account is doing much better than my mental health, I'm going to take it. That's fine. But when the mental health starts, no, we got a problem, we don't have to stop the car. You know, I get it. You know, I fully understand. I, I write songs and then I have nervous breakdowns on stage every flip night. And they're like, oh, how'd you do? I was like, I'm tired. I, 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 I go sleep now. Um, but you know, as as we talk about the end end of the evening and and how and how we, how we deal with it, um, we are starting to come to a close as well. 
Uh, we only have a couple more moments and we want to give this 100% to you. Um, please let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you, how they can invest in what you're doing, how they can support you. Do you have one of those, hey, buy Ashley a cup of coffee things, um, you know, because there are websites for stuff like that. And if you don't, once again, when you and I talk about your social media game and how we're going to step it up, um, you're going to do that because that's going to be another way where people can invest in you. The more content you put out there, the more they're going to be invested, the more invested, the more they will invest. I'm just saying. But go ahead. Sure. Well, thank you guys for having me on. This has been such Absolutely. a wonderful way up and to uh, talk about the things that we love. And I loved it. Thank you. Um, you can find me on ashleyhandle.com. Um, I'm most active on Instagram. Again, that's at ashley.aisha, A-S-H-L-E-Y dot A-I-S-Y-A-H. You can find me on there. I'm always on my stories. Also, I'm on Facebook, Ashley Hamill. Um, and I do, yeah, a lot on Facebook as well. So you can stay in touch there. Don't have to give me any money at this point. I just ask that you listen to New England, baby. Let me know what you think. Because this is the first time I'm just like putting it out. I have no idea. So let me know what you think. <laughs> and like give me that feedback or whatever. And yeah, I will see you guys online. One question. One right, question. Michelle. One question. Before you, before you go, I do have the one question. You have a band camp? Oh, yes, well, I then, have a band there's camp. a place where people Ashley can Hamm financially support you. True, true. You can buy my music. Um, you know, there's the minimum, and then you can add on however much you want. Uh, yeah. My Harry Potter record is up there. Download that. You can have it forever. You can own mm -hmm. those MP3s. Oof, you can own the waves, bro. Come on. <laughs> it's been an honor and privilege thank you so much for, for being with us and we hope to have you next time around as well so look forward to seeing the next chapters and I look forward to having many conversations with you because like you said I think there's something there and that's awesome Ashley thank we appreciate you, you. definitely Definitely. Thank you on WNHHLP 103.5 FM. And this has been Behind the Brand. Okay, this song is called New England Baby.
Please.